Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. You can find me on Instagram at Justin Bizarro. Again, that's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And if you want to find us out there and listen to us, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. So before I introduce our guests, I just want to say thank you again to everyone listening in. Thank you for continuing to share the episodes, especially for the entrepreneurs that are on the show. I know a lot of you follow them on social media. A lot of them of you go to their restaurants or have experienced their food. So your comments, your likes, your follows, your five stars, whatever it is that helps them out and helps out the show, I really appreciate it. It's done so well, and you guys have really supported us and the entrepreneurs on here. I have a lot of entrepreneurs that are coming to me to be on the show outside of the food space. So we spun off another show called the Justin Ryan Bizarro Show, where I talk to authors, musicians, film industry uh, professionals, uh, athletes, uh, gym owners who are all entrepreneurs also. But I didn't want to dilute the uh, food entrepreneur show with non-food entrepreneurs. So there's that. And then we've also spun off two other shows, uh, the Centurion Leadership Italian with Justin Bizarro. That's for all the leadership information, the education that everyone's asking for, the soft costs that were asked for by the entrepreneurs that we once had on this show as sort of a motivational Monday. But we've spun that off uh, into another show that has over 100 episodes already. So that one's kicking butt. And then lastly, we have the Night Dasher, D-A-S-H-O-R, with Justin Mazzaro, and that's really dives into the delivery game that's like exploding across the country and influencing our food, our restaurants, and our food businesses, ghost kitchens, all of that stuff. We really dive into that. Who's got the best delivery? Who sets up their delivery the best? Who? Uh, how are the drivers being treated? Why are the drivers not getting more tips for some reason? You know, that's going on right now. Uh, well, part of it's because of the service charges going up to the consumers and to the merchants by these companies. So, we dive into all of that on that show. So again, thank you everyone for listening in. And I have a very special guest with us. Him and I have already really vibed before the show. We're like on the same parallel, you know. Um, we're, we're definitely on the same level. We like the same thing. So I'm going to introduce him right now, Abdul Rahim of Vegan Kings at a Clark, New Jersey. How are you doing, Abdul? I'm doing good. Hi, everybody. Hey, so... Let's talk about this because I love what you're doing. You're a professional chef and you're a personal chef and you're in the vegan space. So let's start off with little Abdul when you were a little Bambino, like running around. <laughs> like what, where'd you grow up? How'd you grow up? And, and sort of tell me your background. Did you have parents that were entrepreneurial or in the food game or family members? Like sort of how did all of this start from a young age? And let's go from there. Oh man, so this is this it's is all yours, right man. It's all yours. <laughs> so it's it's you know, growing up, I'm Caribbean, so uh my background is Haitian, grew up in New York, and uh I used to watch my mom constantly cook in the kitchen. My mom actually went to culinary school back home and she used to um make food and sell food for a living. So it ultimately came down to me, but I, I had a little bit of my father and he was an artist and he, my father was the entrepreneur and he had real estate and he had property. And, you know, so it's like when you when you put my mom and my dad together, they created Vegan Kings because I'm I'm a little bit of both of them, you know, and um, I always had this love for food 
but I always was like drawing, you know, doing some graffiti, all types of stuff, but I didn't understand what my craft was and, you know, what, what I needed to be, you know, I just knew that I was put on the earth to serve and to help people and, um, helping people met becoming a police officer, you know, or a firefighter and becoming Superman, you know, because I want to save the day. So that was the purpose I knew I had in my life. So growing up as a kid watching that um, and the love that I had for food, it intrigued me to take the passion. So I did go to school and um, took up culinary and stuff, and that actually helped. But it didn't really do much. Just like you go to school for something, right? And you're thinking, like, I'm going to learn everything that I need mistakes. to learn, but you don't. The real school is actually meeting the people, feeding people, and seeing how they feel when they eat what you have created, your art. Because I feel like all chefs are artists, you know, but the way we use our art is by feeding people. So as a kid, I always, like, used to go in the kitchen and take the dishes, right, and the soap suds because my mom wouldn't let me do anything because, you know, she would just be, like, stand right there and watch what I'm doing and cut up the onions. So it, it just intrigued me as a kid, and it just grew into something else because I was trying to figure out who I, who I was because I was struggling with my identity. Like, who are you? Like, what are you here for? Like, why do you want to help people? Why do you always feel like if you don't help somebody... It hurts, you know, and and that's how it started, to be honest with you. But I, it, it took me years to actually realize that, you know, it took me decades to realize that. But now I do know and it hurts that I wasted my whole life doing it the wrong way. But it takes time for you to evolve, to understand where you need to be. And I think that's what happened with me. Yeah, and I agree with this. One of the things that's hard about identity or having like a lifelong identity crisis is you have this burning thing inside of you. You're not sure what it is, but you feel hurt like more than anyone else when you're not doing the right things or you're not having the success you, you think or you're not making the impact and having the influence you make. And I know that as well. And like, I agree with you on the decades. Like I got very tied up in, in my businesses and and they I let them define me and let them be my identity. And even though it wasn't true to me always, like it wasn't true to what was going on with Justin or how I evolved or how I became the person that I am. And, you know, it wasn't, it was always like, oh, um, this business and I represent it, but I had partners and they didn't see things the same way I did. They didn't have the same goals in life. They didn't have the same mission of, of having impact on our planet with food the way that I do. And, um, you know, I felt alone a lot in my mission and I felt stranded a lot. And even though there was like lots of people around me, I always was dissatisfied because I wanted more. I wanted to do more. I wanted to be more impactful. I wanted to help more people. And interestingly, more than money, I I will say profit is important, but more than anything I've learned, like, and it took me forever to learn this. It's unbelievable is that when I actually help people and do what's right and do the right thing and have compassion and follow my gut and what the things that God instilled in me, I do have a greater success in my life and a happiness and a purpose. And 
there's some days I'm like, why haven't I done more? And, and what's going on? And why do I work so hard? And I don't think we realize that there's the little small accomplishments and wins that we're accomplishing every day that start to stack up. And if we really looked back, it wouldn't be a flat line. We'd be looking down a set of stairs to a very low bottom that we've started to climb out of in our lives. But it's always hard when you're in the moment and you only get those. Life is about the little small wins. It's about those little centimeters every day. And in the moment, you don't see it because you're only looking at the tree. You don't see the woods that have grown around you. Um, So let's talk about where, where, like, influence of food. Like, what kind of food was your mom cooking? What was she, what was she doing? Was there heavily influenced from the Caribbean, like, in your palate? Like, talk to me a little bit about that. And where are you guys originally from? Uh, Originally, uh, we're from New York, Brooklyn, New York, and um, she mainly cooked like the Haitian traditional foods. Like the the funny thing about Haitian culture that I'm learning and I don't, you know, I don't want to say it and hurt or disrespect the culture, but I'm going to say it because this is me looking, looking from looking in since I wasn't born in Haiti. I uh, feel like the culture was taken away from me, but if you know the culture of Haitian people and what happened with us, the history of where we actually come from, all of us is from all different parts of Africa, right? And now we're thrown into this place that we don't even know. So she would cook the food of the land and the food of the land meant she would make some fried fish. She would stew the fish. She would make um, sauce pois, which is like a, um, it's like beans blended with, like onions and peppers and you would put Maggie and you would pour that over the rice and you would have that with some chicken. But what I've learned throughout the years was that there's different parts of Haiti and that means that there's different parts of people. So you have poor people, you have rich people and you have the middle class people. And what I, what I learned to see was that everybody eats differently. So the, you know, and I'm not trying to say that, oh, like for instance, all right, if you're broke, what's the first thing you're going to eat as an American? A pizza, right? Because that's the cheapest thing that you could find in the hood and you could get some quarter water and that's it, you know, because that's the cheapest thing we knew. So if you're in Haiti and you're poor and you don't have those type of resources, but you have corn and you have um, sugar and you have coffee and you have flour, what are you going to do? So I have, there was, as a child, and I met different Haitians that was like my friends, and I went to their house, they would make certain things that my mom never made. Like, for instance, maimole, um, right? It's like basically grits with black beans and meat on top. Like, my mom never really made that because of the class of where I felt like we were from, but I didn't understand that, you know? And it, it was just weird because... Even though I came from that type of culture, my mom never really like showed me how to make Haitian food. I just watched her, you know, and that's how it started. And then as I started to eat different cultures and different foods, I realized that we all were cooking the same thing. Um, As for my wife, my wife, she showed me that, you know, her culture is not that far from my culture and that we all at one point were one culture together. So she kind of like 
she bought it out of me because I was already a chef. I was always cooking. I cooked for shelters. I cooked for hospitals. I cooked for um, the elderly in the hotels, um, a kosher house. I wasn't allowed to do certain things because I wasn't considered a rabbi, you know, because of the religion. But I did take part of some of the things and I seen different types of foods. And I, I'm just intrigued in all food. And I want to show people that just because you're vegan doesn't mean your culture will be taken away from you, you know? So you'll still be able to eat Italian food, Jamaican food, Haitian food, Trinidadian food, your home food by just using fruits and vegetables because of what it did to me in the past and what it have done to our people for years. You know, I feel like the world don't care about us. They just want us to continue to eat things that will kill us and send us to the um, hospital so where we end up on dialysis machines and cancer and all types of other diseases that's out here that we're actually erupting by not eating the right things. And it happened to me. I was used, God used me as a vessel and I got sick and I almost died. So now because I almost died, I look at the world like, oh, so now I see my purpose. You know, my purpose was to understand food. Like food to me is what pays me. Food pays me so I could tell people what's in it. So I could make it. But I feel like sometimes people don't have time. Because of the world that we're in today, financially, a person don't have time to come home and actually make a full plant-based meal because they rather run to the store and buy some processed meat and throw on their plate, you know, and ultimately feed their family poison. So it, it sometimes it gets hard for me because I'm like, I have people inboxing me, telling me like, yo, chef, I don't know how to do this. It's very hard for me. I, I mean, I see the how you're doing it, but I really don't know how to do it. Or um, how can I? So I try to teach people, but... Some people just don't have the time. And the reason we don't have the time is because we're so caught up and going to work, trying to make money, trying to take care of our kids and our family and all the bills, let alone, you know, after this pandemic, it, it, it completely destroyed the world. But the world is not saying that. They're not saying that we are going through an inflation where we're having problems and people are actually dying. I agree with you 100%, and I agree that we uh, all process foods, and what's going on here is we've, we've bought into this idea because it's cheaper, it's better, or it can help our families, and I get it, um, and I get them, and we need to be financially responsible, but part of the problem is is we're shortening our lives, we're doing huge damage to ourselves, we're doing huge damage to our kids and our generations because we're procreating on these crazy-ass diets, and that gets compounded into our kids whether we like it or not look at farm animals look at the animals we eat and look how things are compounded down from generation to generation because it happens a lot faster than humans but it's a thing that you can watch or any animal for that matter and when we deteriorate ourselves or we're not eating properly we're actually we're we're hurting our gene pool i don't even know how to say it politely but that's just what I'm saying. Like we have a huge responsibility over the humans after us to not mess up our gene pool, to not mess up our DNA. And if we already have children or we already are humans, like we want to make sure that those children have the right diets, have the right environment to go out and be who they need to be and pass on 
goodness genetically also. And I'm not talking about like, I don't want to confuse people here, but what I'm talking about is food as medicine, food as healing, food as health, food as the ability to be a superhero. You know, you can actually eat your way into a better life. Your kids yes. can have better life. Your children and great-grandchildren, great-great-great-children can actually have huge developmental advantages, huge uh, ability in their brains just by that compounding effect of eating properly over generations. So this is not a joke. This is no different. We are no different. We are animals on this world. Yes, we have a soul. Yes, we have a higher thinking mind, but we are the angels over this planet. Like God created us, but he gave us free will to demonstrate what we could do. And whether we like it or not, we have a greater purpose on this planet as the angels over all the animals, all the plants, all the bugs, all the worms, you name it on this planet. He created it's our responsibility to take care of it. And what do I mean? I'll give everyone what I mean. There, God created the trees. They grow. It's our job to turn them into furniture. Okay. It's our job to make it better. Not every tree lives forever. Okay, but we can make it and use it in a way that benefits us. It's no different than food. We grow the right foods. We eat the right foods. We turn it into furniture. Like we're able to turn it into something that's not only a plant anymore, but we're able to turn it into a greater human or a greater animal or a greater whatever you want to call it. But this is 100% spot on. So you're following this passion. You obviously... Like, how do you take this hospital experience and this almost dying experience, and how do you take your passion for being a chef and food, how do you find the right vegetables, the right plants to create the foods that you're talking about, this Caribbean flair of all these, like the Caribbean is the greatest food. I love all of it. You know, it's such a um, a hybrid of so many different cultures and everyone being shuffled around even though they didn't want to. And... Um, and then cross mix it with everyone traveling and, and just the amount of spice and new ingredients and the new Americas versus the old Europe and the new Americas versus uh, the old Africa and the new Americas versus the old Asia and this mixture that happens, but really hardcore in the Caribbean. So how do you find things that sort of meet people's expectations and palates and get them into that switch off of the fish, for example, per se, or off of the, the beef or the chicken or the pork? Through trial and lots of error. <laughs> um, you know, I noticed that um, I met this, I found this thing called the banana blossoms. I noticed that a lot of people in the vegan community would use it to make fish, which it is a very good substitute. But I feel that using the banana blossom would create a better chicken, fried chicken substitute. And I did it. Um, through trial and error, I fried papaya, um, turned papaya into fish. And it was just something just, you know, I don't know if it was the ancestors within, but they told me to do it. You know, I, uh, I, I become activated and my chakras start to talk. And I'm not going to lie, um, there is a secret ingredient to me getting my recipes and helping me. And um, I listen to a lot of uh, cultural music. So I listen to Afrobeats. I listen to some um, reggae. Um, I, and I'm not talking about the hardcore reggae dancehall. I'm talking about, like, I'll put on some... Um, Bob Marley, you know, some um, some Spear, you know, some Capleton. And the music 
will do something to me. And when it does something to me, I'll just start to create, you know, like for instance, this morning for breakfast, I made chickpeas, uh, a chickpea burger with some vegetables and some, um, some a little bit of potatoes, you know, so that I had everything on my plate. The chickpeas is high and protein and stuff. And, you know, I had a banana as well as my tea. So these things, it just comes to me because I don't want to result to going to the store buying. So I'm not going to mention these names, these brands, you know, for things that, you know, they will come after us, but I did it. And the funny thing is I did it because I didn't know, you know, when I got sick and I was in that hospital, I'm not going to lie to you. I was, I have never been admitted in a hospital for as long as I have. I was in the hospital for two weeks. For two weeks, every single day, I would wake up. At They would wake me up at four in the morning, five in the morning, and they would come in and take my blood. And um, I ended up in the hospital twice. The first time, it was just for like three, four days. But the second time was when I felt like I failed and my mission wasn't complete. But while I was in the hospital, I would hear these thoughts. I would I would feel something in me tell me that this is just your training. I'm training you. So while you lay in this bed, young man, listen. And it hurt because... I felt like I was vegan case. I'm the man teaching the world how to eat. And it happened again, but I ended up in the hospital because I was so stressed out. I lost everything during COVID-19 and I was in training for my job and I fasted. And while I fasted, it sent my body into ketosis because I did a dry fast, no food at all until the sun went down. So I ate and then when the sun, because it was, a, it was a, a Ramadan fast. So I got up at three in the morning and I ate and I stopped eating at five. And then the next meal was at eight when the sun went down. So that thing, it, it just, it, it shot my body into ketosis. I was, I was sick for a month and nobody knew on social media. But while I was sick, I was like, okay, I'm vegan. This shouldn't be happening. But you're also human. So it's not only about being vegan, it's about also understanding that stress can also kill you. And if we're eating certain things, it will give us stress, you know, in our gut. Why? Because of our microbiomes. We're not feeding our gut. Ultimately, disease starts in the gut all the time. Like once something goes in your gut, it's over. So I had to learn that I was busy trying to feed everything and not take care of the one thing, which was me. I'm busy taking care of the world. And um, while sitting in the hospital, I'm not able to see my family. Like, I was like, yo, man, you got to get out of this. And when you get out, you got to start showing people the truth. You, you got to tell them what to eat. You got to tell them that I understand if you want to make eggs and use black salt, be careful because that black salt has... um um. What is that it has? It has uh, sulfur in it, and it's very toxic for us. Yeah, And exactly. this is something that happened to me, brother. Brother, let me tell you something. 
today I put po- um, one of my good vegan followers. He made, he posted something and I went on his page and I actually put a whole story about black soul and I felt so bad. I took it off. And I said, instead of me going on this brother's page and he doesn't even know what he's doing, I'm going to make a video about it and tell people that I know we're vegan and we want everything to have that taste that it used to have because we want to ultimately, because the thing is, is that I wasn't always vegan. So because I remember the taste of eggs, I want the actual thing that I'm making vegan to taste like it. But if it doesn't, it shouldn't be an issue. If you add some turmeric and black pepper, it's still good, you know? And it's like, we have to be careful. And I just want to teach the world and show people that there's other things that we could use to create foods. But um, I love cooking different cultural foods like African food, Italian food, um, Caribbean food. And I love how Jamaicans make this dish called Rasta Pasta. It's an infused version of Italian and yeah. Jamaican. And when it comes together, it creates this beautiful uniqueness that melts your heart away if it's done correctly, right? I was able to veganize that. And I made it the other day for a customer, um, which is a sister of mine. And she told me, she said to me, you know, King, She a lot of people call me King, but as referring to, um, you know, being this person, right? So she said, I, I tasted a lot of Rasta pastas, but what you did to this Rasta pasta, it woke something up in me. And that is what I wanted. So that means my job was complete because I was able to veganize it and bring her back to the time that she actually ate this thing, you know? And, and this is what I want for the world, man. And it's like, we could use so many different things to make food, but what I wish was when I was that little young Abdul, I wish I knew that that was the food I was supposed to eat instead of the poison that I was eating. Like you said, this is a generational curse and we are changing our genetic makeup by not implementing the nutrients and the foods that we need to flourish our body. Without doing that, we're not going to be sustainable, you know, because you are right. We are the angels of this world. And what are we doing? We're destroying it. We're destroying it with creed. We're destroying it because we want we want this and we want that, but we fail to understand that this is the planet that we live and the people that we love live, and we need to fix it. You know, we need to unite. And we're not. Everybody's so angry, but everybody's so angry because of the food that they're eating. You know that thing, you are what you eat? <laughs> it's very true. It's very, very true, you know, and I just want to be a blessing and I want people to, um, you know, come along with me on this ride. Like, you know, listen to one of my videos, watch one of my recipes and try it out. You know, I have so much things coming for the future. I'm dropping an ebook that is actually going to be 100% free. And I'm going to have some amazing recipes showing people what they could do at home. That's very frugal, you know, and, you know, easy to do. You know, I want to do more because I feel like I haven't done more because a lot of things financially for me have been in a riff because of everything that's going on. I lost a few deals. Like once COVID hit, I I lost a lot of brand deals and, you know, things were not happening how it should have. I lost a very big deal. I was about to 
um, I was actually teaming up with a restaurant and we became partners and um, it got destroyed because of the business partner not being organized. They're not being organized. Back to what you said that sometimes when you run a business, you have people with you but they just do it for the money and not the love of what you're trying to do. So people don't get it. And it really hurt me because the person that I was in business with, you know, I never thought would destroy my little heart, you know, and because I, I, I was about to be able to feed thousands of people. I was about to teach thousands of people what it is to, 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 to eat the right foods. I had an event and I was able to make some stew chicken out of mushrooms. When the lady, which is actually, she's Jamaican, she put the food in her mouth and she looked at me and she said, wait, this is mushrooms? I'm like, yeah. She was like, this is not mushrooms. She was like, how the hell did you do this? And I said to her, I don't know, I did. And I said, and this is what I want to bring to this world. And I said to her, you took that away from me. You took it away from me. You know, because, bro, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm all about organized and being structured and being right. I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> you know, it's like, if I, you know, I have an advice for everybody who's listening. Whenever you feel something in your heart, always go with it. Don't be afraid to take a risk and follow your heart and do what you want to do and do what you have to do that makes you complete because you don't want to be stuck doing something that it took me all of this time to realize. Vegan Kings is brand new. Vegan Kings should have been born, but Vegan Kings wasn't born yet because I didn't get elevated. But now that I am... I understand. And now I can feed the people and I can tell the people the truth instead of lying to them. Because a lot of us out here, we lie to these people. Yeah, here, go get this burger. Go. KFC has the vegan options. And no, they have vegan options, but they're frying it in the same oil. You shouldn't even eat that type of oil that's in that company because these these big chain restaurants, all they're trying to do is kill you. All they care about is your money. They don't care about you. They don't. No, never. I agree Think with about you. It. Go to the highest places that are wealthy. They don't have McDonald's. <laughs> they don't have liquor stores. They have wineries. So people have to understand that there's something wrong with the food. But, you know, it takes time for people to, to get it. It, it. it have to take for you to want to, like, get close to death to understand like me. If it wasn't for the fact that I almost died, I would have never figured it out. But what if it was too late? What if the message and the reason I was put on this earth was taken away? I want to touch sorry, on this. Man. I think it got so deep. Yeah, you got real deep, and I'm, I want to keep going here. This is really good. This is why I didn't want to interrupt you and why I wanted you to keep going. Still there, Justin? Yeah, and I um, – sorry. Um, I heard everything you said, and it was really deep, and um, I wanted to let you keep going because it was that deep, and I sort of repeated myself. Um, 
but every once in a while the soundboard mutes the phone and I didn't realize that you couldn't hear me. So but the <laughs> audience could I, hear me. I thought I took you off. I yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You didn't upset me at all. I love what you're doing. And um, I'm sorry about that. And um, it just happens every once in a while with uh, the way it's attached. And so because I mute my mic so no one can hear any background noise and sometimes mutes the phone because it's all connected somehow. It's kind of cool. But um, I like this a lot. And one of the things I'm going to talk about, like, I was in uh, Mount Sinai Hospital in Queens when I lived in Queens. I lived in Astoria, Queens for a number of years and did the New York City Hospital food for almost uh, over 18 years and have a lot of experiences there. But when I was 33 years old, I want to say, um, yeah, I was 33, uh, I went 2013, I had this pain in my stomach. It was like October of 2013, I want to say. And I was eating pretty well. I was exercising regularly. I'd had shoulder surgery about six months prior. I was getting back into shape. I was eating really, really well. Um, I had a new puppy in my life, so I was spending a lot of time with him. Work was going well. I was in graduate school. That was going well. I, you know, my wife at the time, she was doing well at her career, although our relationship started getting really stressful, okay? And weirdly, my relationship started getting really stressful. My work started getting really stressful. My school got really stressful because we were having to travel around the world because I did a program called the One MBA program. And we actually was five universities across the world, 139 students, and we traveled. And so I was starting to weirdly fall off balance. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, like I have like a problem in my intestine, like there's a leak, uh, a rupture of, you know, they were like, oh, it's diverticulitis. But then though you have a rupture and you, you're, it looks like your body's leaking into itself and you, you might die. And thank God you came to the hospital. Like I literally got up, the dog was like scratching at my stomach constantly as a little puppy. And then he jumped back on the couch, starts scratching at my stomach because I couldn't sleep in bed because I was in so much pain. My wife at the time was like, you got to go in the other room. Like, you're keeping me up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to lay on the couch. And I'm just tossing and turning. He kept sniffing my stomach and scratching me. literally saved my life, Brutus. I still have the dog. He's 10 now. But it's the craziest thing ever. And I end up at Mount Sinai Hospital for, I think it was 10 days, 9 nights total. But it was like I was stuffed in a room with like, it was a two-person room. And they had four of us stuffed in there. Um, you know, and I met people from all different walks of life, people from Queen Bridge, uh, the, the housing projects to, you know, uh, an old, um, Italian man who was, who was a restaurant owner who was suffering to, um, a guy who had immigrated from Ecuador and they were all in our room and all of us are suffering from such stuff and we're getting worse and worse food in the hospital. I'm sorry, but it's not making things any better. It's not helping me heal, even though I was on a liquid diet or a IV and then a liquid diet. But what I did realize in there from that own experience is that I wasn't doing enough. And it seems crazy because I almost stressed out and burned out and that's how I ended up in that situation. My body maxed out, but I wasn't doing enough for the right reasons. I was doing it to set an example or lead by example, but I wasn't doing it in a way that really gave holistically to the world. And I wasn't doing it in a way that fulfilled me. So all the things I was doing, running these businesses, doing food for Kaiser Permanente and HHC and Carilion Health Systems down in Virginia and, and numerous other things, Meals on Wheels in Buffalo, uh, New York, all this food, and then eventually get into restaurants and long-term care homes and grocery stores, all of these things I'm doing. And I'm slinging fried chicken all up and down the East Coast for a company called Bro 
poster and getting that everywhere because we had all of that territory. And weirdly, I wasn't balancing out my life properly in a way that was giving. I was almost doing what I could, taking everything I could, and then just trying to capitalize on it because I believed I was helping the employees. I was helping the people that work for me. I was helping the communities. But I wasn't doing it in a way that was helpful or helping them grow. Okay, And that's where this podcast would eventually come out of, or I would do Centurion Leadership Battalion, or I would get involved in entrepreneur groups, and I would start separating myself a little bit, one, to find my own identity, two, to, to truly find out the things that God instilled in me. You know, because one of them is a farmer and one of them is an entrepreneur, you know, a farmer being, you know, a provider, you you grow things and provide and an entrepreneur, you're a creator, you know, just like a chef, you're creating something out of what God gave us, which is the fruits and vegetables and whatever else. And so I wasn't capitalizing on that in my life. And I was so lost. And I was so sick. I mean, I thought I was going to die. I'm like, it's over. Like, there's no way I'm going to live from this. I can't move. I even tried to escape from the hospital, and they, like, freaking stabbed me, like, with a, a tranquilizer and knocked me out or whatever they were because I was, like, trying to escape. They're like, no, if you escape, you're going to die. And thank God, one of the nurses just happened to be a guy that was in our building that my ex-wife and I had. And, like, he knew me, so he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not letting this dude get away he's too important whether he thinks he's important or not i know he does all this for the city of new york i know what he's doing for the world and food i'm going to make sure he doesn't die on us and like it was weird how that happened but it instilled in me this sense of i have a greater purpose with food it's not just to better communities it's not just to better humans life it's actually to regenerate this planet and it's actually to help everyone around and then once I go through all that and I have this mission and I come out and I'm telling everyone about it, my partners, my business partners, my coworkers and employees, whatever you want to say, are all laughing at me, thinking, oh, Bizarro's lost his mind. Like, what are you doing? We're making tons of money. Why would you do this? And I'm like, no, no, no. This is not about the money anymore. Like, this is wrong. And it literally, I fought for years over this, ultimately to be like, okay, this needs to stop. I'm going to cut my losses and I'm going to rebuild something, which I'm in the middle of called Freedom Foods, with the right individuals, with the right groups of people, with connecting with people like we're talking about with Abdul, who have this mission in mind. Okay. We may not have the same principles. We may not have this. I mean, we may not have the same personalities. We may not have the same backgrounds, but we have the same principles. And that's the benefit of humans, the benefit of our planet, trying to live a long time, trying to build legacies through better food, through better brains through better bodies, through better souls. The spirituality in food is huge. So now you got me down a dark hole and, a, and, a, and, a, and going off here. And, and just by the way, no, like your story was so impactful. I was just absorbing it, Abdul. I was just listening like intently. I almost forgot I was the host for a second. And um, I appreciate that big time. So um, I hope I didn't just go down a big tangent there. But Abdul, what do you like like let's talk a little bit more about this like what do you like like you're going around you're educating people on food you're growing in social media like your popularity is growing and and even though you may not think you're making impact i know you're making impact if i if we came across each other because again i come across a lot of people i reach out to a lot of people a lot of people don't have the, they, they read my thing that says, oh, we're giving to the world. We're trying to make the world a better place. And entrepreneurs are like, 
screw you, dude. I don't want people knowing what I do or the competition. And I'm here for profit. Fuck off. And I'm like, huh, you know, I'm like, huh, that was interesting. Like, I'm trying to be a nice guy and you're getting angry at me and you're calling me names. People said this like people actually would tell you that. Oh, people tell me to screw off all the time when I try to recruit them on the podcast. You would not believe how much it drives me even more. It's driven me into the multiple shows because people think I'm like, then you're like, oh, you want money? No, I don't want money, guys. Like, can you read the message here? Go listen to the podcast before you go accusing me of things. But beside that. I can have my dark moments. I can have my bad moments. I can be a bad human sometimes. I admit it. But like, it's interesting when you go out in the world and you're trying to spread light and goodness and you have this revelation almost and God started to speak through you and your, your relationship with God gets closer because you're starting to line your whole lifestyle, okay? Because eating healthy and eating the right way is a lifestyle. It's something we have to do for the rest of our lives. It's not a diet. And, um how much rejection, how much, uh, what I'll call abusive language, what I'll call just like sheer, like, okay, dude, like really I'm the horrible person here. Like, let me, let me think about this. I'm trying to help the world and you're doing what for the world again, trying to extrapolate every dollar out of your customer, trying to extrapolate every dollar out of your employees by underpaying them or not giving them budgets or playing the part-time game. So you don't have to give them benefits. Like, who's a different person? I'm a person that thinks my dreams have to be big enough to fit everyone else's dreams in them. What are you doing other than extrapolating and taking advantage of people? But very quickly, you learn, and from our situations, that who you can trust, who has the right intent, who's genuine, who's in the right path. And unfortunately, it's not everyone. And that's why I talk about its principles over personalities. Like, I don't care what someone is or where they come from or whatever it's never mattered to me because i care whether or not you're a grower of humans and you're a healer of the world and you want to regenerate the world and make it a better place than we found it you know like michael jackson's song make the world a better place um whatever with all those guys that they sang it with all over the world heal the world make it a better place i just came to me so that that type of mentality, most of the world doesn't think that way. They're so selfish and they're so into getting what they want now and they're so into the instant gratification and they're so into building their Instagram to a thousand followers, putting out whatever they can to gain traction versus what things are to do, right? Which is what I like what you said about the black salt. It's not necessarily about going after the individuals or or turning them upside down. There's a way that we can speak about it where we can educate them without like being confrontational even though we're trying to get them to see the better picture. So I love that you you said that also, Abdul. It's very impactful. Yeah, I had to redact, like literally retract the conversation and and think about that my people, sometimes we get offended. So I said, instead of doing that, let me just make a YouTube video about it. Let me make an Instagram post, a reel, you know, letting people know that um, I get it. We want to taste the eggs. We wanted to have that nice taste. But unfortunately, um, and the reason that I know so much about it is because me and my wife used black salt for a while. And one day I noticed that my legs was feeling weird. So I squeezed on my legs and I was like, what the hell's going on? So I had pity. So I went to the doctor. They was like, oh, you're fine. You don't have high blood pressure. Like, and I was like, but why am I getting that? So 
the black salt that we had stopped, like it, it finished. So we wasn't using it anymore. So while we wasn't using it for some real weird reason, because, you know, when you're vegan or you're more in, you're more in tune with your body, I noticed that the pitting went away. And I noticed that I felt a little bit different. I felt better. And I just yep. didn't know how to explain it. So then we started using it. And then I felt weird again. And that's when I said to my wife, "Hun, black salt is not good for us. And then I, I you know, I, I Googled it. I did some research. I read about it. And then that's when I figured out that a lot of us are allergic to some of the ingredients that they use in the black salt. It's, it's actually natural, but... It, it's certain things that doesn't is necessarily need to be in the human body, you know? So, and then that's when I was like, well, I got to tell people. So I'm a guinea pig. I try all of these things so I could tell the world, you know? And um, I want to apologize for the people that hurt you, man. Like, and you reached out to, um, when you reached out to me, bro, like it was an honor, you know, and I, 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 when, if, when somebody reach out to me before I go ahead and message you back, I hit your picture and I look at you and I, cause I'm very good. Even though I never met you, I actually did. How? I am able to look at your picture and just get a glimpse of who you really are. I could see inside of you and something in my heart told me that we was on the same level i said things purposely like i said things to you purposely just to see what you would say and then while we were talking you talked about michael jackson he is one of my favorite artists to ever have been born they took him away from us because he was trying to warn us so for you to even mention michael jackson i was like yo this is crazy like me and you are the same yeah, you know the same like it's 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 freaky because we're both here to do the same job. Like we're both here to spread truth, help the world and, and help humanity, you know? And I want to apologize for those idiots that, you know, were lost because this world is made on greed. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even like money. Do I need money? Yes. To sustain and feed my family. But I don't like money because ultimately money is the root of all evil and money makes people. So when you hit people up, if you wasn't telling them, oh, I'm going to pay you and I'm going to do this, of course, they're going to reject it. Of course, they're going to say, oh, it's something else. But instead of asking the person, OK, and reading in what they said, once you said what you said about delivering this to the world, I was like, oh, I'm on it. <laughs> and, and it takes only special people to be able to do that. You know, and I'm just happy that I gave you an opportunity because I know who you were before I, you even knew who you were. I appreciate that. And I knew you as well. And I, I really appreciate what you've done. And I've been wrong. Obviously, I reach out to people and I'm wrong sometimes. I try to base it off of how they do their food and what I think they're doing. But I, what I've also learned is people are very good at masking their intentions. And um, and to your point, people are I, fake, man, people yeah. are fake, brother. <laughs> they're yeah. fake bro i'm as real as you could like just how i am right now bro is how i am in person and life you know i'm very loyal honest caring and loving and those are my those are my weaknesses like i'm i'm afraid for the world <laughs> it's crazy because i i agree with you so much and the money thing is very true also i will tell you that i have never what money does is 
money is actually greed is actually a symptom okay because there's all these spiritual maladies that are going on in someone like that and they think money's going to fix it and the more money they have the more they're going to be less insecure the more the women are going to want them or the more people are going to respect them okay all of that stuff's earned through hard work not money just by the way and even if you earn money but you don't have all those core values what money does is it actually turns up the volume on the spiritual maladies like you ever see someone get a lot of money and all of a sudden you're like oh my god what the frick is going on there like how the fuck is that dude doing that like why is he being such a jerk it's because money exemplifies the spiritual maladies that are already going on the things that the person never worked on are the things that make it it's why when people win the lottery and the the lottery and then they blow all their money and they don't save it well the reason they were playing their lottery all the time was hoping to win because they were spending their money all the time so once you give them money it's not going to change and like that's the best example I can give. Um, there are a few people out there that play the lottery for the gambling, for the fun, for a little bit of excitement that actually are responsible for their money. And you'll see the few and far between that actually take care of their lottery winnings. But a majority is they they're kind of living paycheck to paycheck or whatever, and they're spending too much money on the lottery. So you know, and then they want to be the champion and the the person everyone looks up to. So they're buying everyone everything and they're buying people's friendships. And that's what money does also, guys. Like people who are greedy and have money, they use it to buy their way through life. And it's the craziest thing to me how that happens, but it's true. And, um, and what I will say is sit down with someone you know, or have a conversation with someone and see how they react about the world things. Will they have a conversation? I also find people, they get too heavy into like certain issues and things like that. Like, come on, like we're all the same here. We're all, we're all on this planet to procreate, to have humans, to raise humans that are better than us so they can survive better than us. That's a one purpose we all share, even if we don't have children of our own, like me who has stepchildren. It's still my purpose to grow all of God's children and give them the best chance they have. Not everyone wants it, but I'm to work on and, and spend my time and my energy doing what I'm meant to do in food and podcasts and TV and, and logistics and real estate and everything I'm involved in. But I do it in a way that I'm growing the humans. The money and the profit is a result of me growing the business because I'm growing those humans and not just by being a better real estate person or being a better chef. No, it's being a better human. Core values. How can we grow together? I can learn from you just as much as you can learn from me, regardless of who's the boss, you know, which I don't even look at it that way. I believe in round tables, not square ones. You know, I believe in, you know, corporate boardrooms that are round not have a head of a table you know and I've learned the hard way that in organizations and business particularly in today's world with so many spiritualities that people that don't sit at round tables ultimately will declare themselves dictators you know if they want to be the head of the table and eventually if if it gets time or the business needs to go on you'll see greed in a way that's I'm the dictator I'm ruling I'm better than everyone I'm smarter even though it's just a spirituality defending them because of their fear. But people do crazy things and money buys their legitimacy to them, but it doesn't change who the human is, you know? So I agree with you. It's less, way less important to me. And um, I often find also what happens is people often reverse onto you what they, they do. You know, if someone's like, oh, you're a narcissist, uh, you probably look in the mirror, dude. 
You know, I'm just trying to control my life. Yes, true. I have a regimented diet. I do 75 hard. I work out. I don't steer off my plan, period. Why? Because I don't want to be mediocre. Because I don't want to not have impact in the world. Because I don't want to waste my life by not influencing and having purpose and growing the world around me. That's what you want to do and you want to drag me down to your level. Great. But yes, I have control over my life. And yes, I have a, a thing with God realizing that I have no control over anyone else's life or life in general. But if I have discipline, commitment, and routine, I can create the life that I want. And I'm sorry if that feels controlling to everyone. But again, I get to choose the life that I want. And you're just living it. You know, so that's one of the things that I appreciate the apology and, and, and I used to really take it personally. Like for the first few years we did the podcast, the rejection, the comments, the, the almost attacking me type thing. But now I've come to realize, and it didn't happen all the time, obviously. We have a lot of entrepreneurs on this show. But now over time, I just take it as, oh my gosh, I must really be shining a bright light because I'm attracting this darkness. You know, so... Uh, Abdul, I, mean, I went on a little bit of a tangent there. You. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, I love to talk, brother, so I don't mind. No, I mean, it's not that it, the same thing happens to me. I meet a lot of people that I think is good because I really don't have friends. You know, I'm very like in my own thing, you know, because people will never be on the, the same page as you. You know, they're not going to have the same frequency as you. So, you just have to understand that, you know, I'm very honest and loyal. I'm the type of person that if you drop your wallet, I'm going to pick it up and give it to you. And if Absolutely. I don't see you, I'm going to go to the address. You know, I did that before. I remember I was in the city and we wanted to get some vegan pizza, which um, in, in Brooklyn, I don't know if you know, what's, what's it called? Screamers. We, so we was in Screamers and um, I guess this guy dropped his wallet. So me and my wife is walking and I seen it. So I think she picked it up. So I said, oh, so I was with two individuals I'm not going to mention. And they grabbed it and quickly was trying to take the money out. And, and I said, why don't we why don't we do something different? Why don't you give me the license and I bring this wallet back to the person, put the money back, put everything back. And they was like, why? Like we could just. And I said, but why? I said, if you lost your wallet, wouldn't you want somebody to bring it back to you? I would hope that. And they just looked at me and I did it and it felt good because why can't we be those type of people? You know, why do we always have to resort to, oh, I was broke. I don't care if I was broke. That wasn't for me. If I found $10 on the floor, of course, I'm putting it in my pocket. But it was found with the with with the owner, the, the person's wallet was there. So, I mean, this is the world that we live in. You have people that would never, a lot of people would not do what I did. They would have threw it out. And a lot of people will do what I did. You're one of the people's <laughs> that would actually bring the wallet back. Well, always. And have you ever lost a wallet? It's a terrible experience. I've only Bro. done it once, but oh my gosh. And I never got it back. And it, Man, and never. I, I was leaving on a trip with my family for vacation to Europe for the first time as a family. And it was just like everything blew up. But here's what I found about these things. Like I almost find that God's testing you in those situations. Like are you, cause I have returned wallets and I do return cash and I am like, uber responsible with stuff like i'm the guy who puts away the shopping cart because i just believe in in good energy on the earth and i'm like you know like i'll just be blunt like 
if there's anything on the seat, even if it's mine or not in a public bathroom, I go out of my way to clean that toilet for the next person. And so they don't have a bad experience. Like I'm just that weirdly insane. Um, But here's why, because I have found that sometimes it's almost like God or the universe is testing you. Am I willing to take this shortcut for a few bucks or am I willing to do the right thing and give it to the person so that when I actually have money, because if I'm only worried about 20, 40 bucks, then I'm never going to have a lump sum of money to go help the world with, right? But if I see money as a vehicle to help the world and not something to define me or, or, in that way where I need it, in that way where I do need it, I need it to survive, I need it to sustain. But if you give it back and you're like the universe, I'm not willing to take it for free, number one. Number two is I want more than this. Number three is I'm willing to do the right thing with money no matter what. And weirdly, that gives the universe a sign that, hey, I'm able to handle money. I'm able to have multi-million dollar homes. I'm able to make Uh, donations. I'm able to give $3 to every homeless person I see. I do do that. I will never, I usually don't talk about on a podcast. It's not something I want reward for, but every time I see a homeless person, I give $3, $3, my thing, it gives me enough money where I can spread it around. I recommend everyone find something. Maybe you buy food, maybe you do something, but these random acts of kindness are important. And when you're willing to let go of the money, the universe gives you to do the right thing and help someone, it matters. Everyone's like, oh, what, how do you know they're not going to do crack or drink beer? Well, it's not my job to worry about that. My job is to worry about giving company. And maybe that beer or that crack or whatever helped them survive another night to, to get their head on straight, to get what they need to do to make it another day, you know? And it's better than give me giving them $3 than them having to be desperate and rob someone or hurt someone, okay? So I get what everyone's saying, but come on. And lastly, I will say this. If you take the wallet in this case, and I've and I've seen this with many individuals, the universe pays you back in spades. You will lose everything very quickly. You will lose what you have. You you will the money will be taken from you because you took it from someone that didn't belong to you. And whether you realize it or not, when you have the opportunity to give it back and you don't choose it, you're now choosing to steal it. And I wish it wasn't that way, but it is that way in the universe, unfortunately. And you know, one of the things that God gave down to us, you know, I talk about a tree, but he also gave us that stealing is wrong. You know, whether it's a cow, whether it's someone else's property, whether it's someone's peace of mind. Okay. Because when you take the wallet, you're not only taking the money or the credit cards, you're stealing their peace of mind knowingly because you have an opportunity to give them happiness and peace and you're stealing it from them. Okay. They may have lost it. They may have lost their peace of mind, but you don't need to double down and steal it. If that makes sense. Um, oh yeah, I'm. I'm. I feel, man. I, you know, it's crazy. Like, I, I said this to my sister yesterday. I said, you know, you only go around the people that is supposed to be for you. Light only attracts light. Dark don't attract light. You know, sometimes darkness will come into the light, but it's the light. It's the light's job to push the darkness out. You know, so if you're you're only gonna be around good people, and the people that you met and um, you wrote, those people were not meant to be in your frequency. So sometimes it's, I mean, it's a blessing, you know. So yeah, I mean, everything you said, man, your core values, everything is, is aligned with mine, man. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I like of the principles, like. 
are so important. We get too caught up in division and personalities and finding differences with each other when what really matters is our principles and aligning those with like-minded individuals so we can bring light to the world, so we can have success. Um, Abdul, this episode's been incredible. I'm loving it. I think it, like it's flying by. I have a lot of other questions for you. What I'd like to do, honestly, is bring you on for another part two because I think we have a good flow going and a good conversation. And um, I have one more question for you, but I would like to bring you on for another episode if that's cool with you. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I would love to. Yeah, because we have a lot more to talk about. We didn't even talk about your food businesses yet. We haven't even got into what you're doing and how you go around and do it and how you came up with the name Vegan Kings and all of that stuff. So I'm going to change it for the last question because I'm going to save all those for the next one if that's cool for you. And I'll oh, shoot yeah. out a text after this um, and you can just pick another date and time that works for you that we can hook up and do a part two because I want to really get into the entrepreneurial journey. But I think we set such a strong foundation that I don't, I want to almost anchor it here. So everyone has so much time to think about this and listen to it as we get into a part two with you. But here's my question, or my question, um, maybe a statement in some ways. If you could help benefit the world, if you could give anything to the world, or you could say anything to the humans in the world and you knew they were listening, what would you say? And you have as much time as you want. Did I lose you? Oh no, I'm here. I just I, I put a lot on you. No, yeah, you. I felt like you just dropped the building on me, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I dropped it. <laughs> I might accidentally <laughs> do that. I might overwhelm yeah. people. I apologize. Um, and you can think about it for the next episode. I don't mind if you want to come back prepared. Oh um, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer it. Cool, man. You went silent on me. I'm like, oh no, now I pissed him <laughs> off, man. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Know I know that's is. not possible. <laughs> Because when you when you talk to me, um, I allow my body and my soul to answer. So I, I'm trying to pan the right things together to create the words that you need to hear. Um, if you love your family. You know, it's 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 crazy because there's many different people in this world. There's people in this world that actually want the world to end and they don't think about these things, you know. But the reason that these type of people exist is because it was a generational curse. The person didn't get the, the, the right things implemented into their life, so they had no choice it's like, hey, I don't if I'm if I'm sick and I'm dying, oh well, I don't care if the world ends. Instead of saying, hey, I'm sick and I'm dying, let me help others by telling them what I did wrong so they don't do it. You know, so it's like what I have to say to the world is I wish I mean people said it to me, but it's 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 hard because I could say this, but people will not get it. But all I have to say is you are what you eat. Be careful what you eat and understand what you eat. Educate yourself on what you're eating because a lot of us are screwed. And this is not a white thing or a black thing or a, or a blue thing. It's a people thing. It's a humanity thing. We all are human and we all are one. And we need to come together and understand that if you're not vegan, 
even if you're not vegan, make sure you're eating 70% of your vegetables. Make sure you're watching the back of that bottle with the Goya, you know, the adobo, you know, the amount of sodium, you know, study, read, Google, what will salt, what will sugar, what will, all these things that we consume do to us. Because there's so many things out there that we need to know that can be answered from Google or, or Yahoo or whatever they got out there, you know, use it because the food that we eat ultimately can make you and break you because it's all about your gut. So that's, that's what I would definitely tell people. This 100%. I really love this because what you're hitting on and this is why our principles are the same is, um, is that we like the diversity of our food is important. Like we need to have, you know what? I don't even mean to stop you brother, but there's one more thing. Um, go ahead, man. I won't forget. Trust me. <laughs> and um, it's and it's so important because it's something that I wasn't doing. And people are going to be like, what do you mean? Um, we need to start breathing. You know, we need to start breathing and hydrating because if we don't do that, you know, you're in a lot of problems. Walk, go outside, get that sun. You know, food is one thing, but it's many things that you need to do like understand that because we like you said we're angels of the earth and in order for us to recharge our body we need to be outside we need to to open our hearts remove the hate out of our souls you know because it's not only being vegan or eating right it's about opening your soul and understanding what your purpose is find out your purpose a lot of us don't know but find out your purpose is once you know what your purpose is then you can live you know so i didn't mean to put all that but i had to say that because breathing like i felt like i wasn't breathing breathe when you're working out breathe when you're lifting weights when you're taking that walk when you're lifting when you're bending breathe a lot of us are not breathing I agree with you 100%. The hydration is a really big part of it. And I do 75 hard, which now I'm doing it like 365 because I'm going into year five of this as I finish off year four uh, over the summer. But I'm going to try to keep going every day. You know, even walking. Walking is an important thing. Like we are meant to walk. That's what we were designed to do. We were meant to run, but we were meant to walk mostly. And it it boosts our metabolism, especially when we have the right foods. And when we do it for 45 minutes twice a day, for example, walking, I know that seems a lot to people, but you spend more time than that in front of your television, trust me. That if you do it, you could even listen to the television or watch it on your phone while walking if you're really that attached to it initially. But I guarantee you, once you engulf nature, and you realize that you're outside, rain, sun, or shine, that you're actually going outside and you're a part of nature and you're moving your body in the way it was meant to be moved, you will see massive health benefits. You'll see your brain get more functioning. You'll see you're doing better at work. You'll see your performance get better. And over you know, months and years, you'll start getting things into your life that you didn't even realize were possible. And that's all because you just started something simple as walking, which I will say with hydration matters, like getting you know, three quarters of a gallon, at least if you're a woman to a gallon in your body. And as a man, you know, a gallon to a gallon and a quarter in your body, it seems like a lot. You don't want to drink more than that because you can drown by drinking too much water. You can drown your own body. So you have to be careful. I will warn everyone about that. 
but you should be drinking lots and lots of water, okay? God created water. He didn't create wine. He didn't create beer. He didn't create all the things. I know we say Jesus created wine. I kind of think he probably turned wine into water because he turned something that man made and purified it into water, but that's a whole other story that I'll get into in ancient Greek writing and all that, that we've sort of just, okay, let's turn it into wine. Well, why would we turn it into something impure that most of the world doesn't do and is harmful to anyone who's an alcoholic? That just doesn't seem to make any sense to me. But whatever. But my point being this is it's about the purity. Water is a natural source, not putting bullshit in the water, not putting anything. That means just drinking the water. Okay, you can have whatever else you want afterwards. But even that I have like I make sure I get two glasses of water in me about it's roughly about 40 ounces of water in me really weirdly before I even have my coffee in the morning. Okay, and then I make sure I'm hydrating throughout the day. Why? It gives me three times the amount of energy when I don't have it. My metabolism is way higher. Do I have to pee all the time? Do I sometimes have to get up at night and go pee? Whatever, I'm getting old anyway. I hear that's part of what happens no matter what. But for me, now I'm so good at it. Like I'll make sure I'm well hydrated and through my water by like eight o'clock and though I'm not going to bed till 10, 30, 11, 12 o'clock, depending on the time. And I can drink a little bit of water there. But if you do that, you're not waking up and you're having good sleep and so on and so forth. So I agree with you in the breathing. I really had to learn this the hard way because even with a healthy diet, even with doing 75 hard and all that, I was starting to have panic attacks in my business. I was starting to have identity crisis and imposter syndrome because I was letting too many people's voices in define who I was and I was letting my business be the definition of me versus me being the definition of me. So I talked about going into the hospital, then I work my way through it, and then I end up back in this situation almost again because I got too caught up in COVID and growing business and all the people in the hospitals and putting all of our, you know, all of employees were at risk because the nurses wouldn't deliver the food. So our employees are like going in and helping with the food and making sure the hospital food gets there and they're not care. They're like, well, we food is the most important thing in the hospital, not whether or not they have a shot or not at that time. Like I get the point of it later, but the most important thing was we have food or else we're going to die. Okay. You know, we can go a while without food, but not for a very long time. And we can go longer without water, but especially not a long, I mean, we can go longer without food than we can without water. So that hydration is important. So, and getting food. So it was about getting food in the hospitals, getting water in the hospitals. And I know because I saw it and how many people are like, Oh my God, what are you doing? You might spread it. I'm like, Oh my God, what if we killed a whole hospital full of people? Cause we, they didn't have food for two days and they're already compromised, you know? So I think we just get caught up in things and we let our emotions get the better of us. And I have too. Like I've let my health and my breathing go bad. And when we don't breathe, we let our emotions ride the bus, no matter how healthy we are. I mean, drive the bus and we're riding it. So if you don't breathe and you don't get breathing exercises that really balance out the chemicals in your body additionally, especially when you're working out, you can kick ass on someone when you learn to control your breathing in the moments where you have a break and you can get your heart rate down lower so it's not working as hard so you have more energy for the next burst if you're a sports person i i talk this about the athletes i mentor and coach all the time from the the mindset is the mindset is you got to slow down your heart rate as fast as possible get the oxygen in which has nothing to do with how fast your heart is beating but slow down your heart, deeper breaths, more oxygen per breath, 
and get your breathing and chemicals under control. And I'm glad we talked about this. That was a really great tidbit. We're really weirdly 100% aligned. It's like you're my brother from another mother. And, um, and uh, as they used to say, so I love this. Um, thank you, Abdul, for coming on my show. Like, uh, you've really made huge impact on me today. No, you made, man, this is vice versa. You know, you, I was going through something, man, and you just came in a nick of time to make me feel better, bro. I, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, it, it, it's always just about having a simple conversation, you know, and, um, I'm happy I was, uh, smart enough to, you know, look at the message and talk to you because some people, they, they grow so big. And I said, it. I don't care if I get to 2 million followers, I'm going to try my hardest to read every message because you never know how you could impact somebody's life, you know, just by answering and just taking time to see who the person is. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in energy and um, you, you, you was very, your energy was right, man. Your pictures, you, you like just looking because I'm. I, I do photography too. Um, most of the things, the pictures and everything on my page and my whole social media is. I'm. I'm the one doing those. Awesome, dude. I wish I could do my own. You're gonna have to teach me this skill because I have to hire someone to do it. <laughs> yeah, man. So it's like you know whoever because you have a few pictures up there, so I was able to look at you and and you got a good soul, bro. I appreciate that. So do you. And I can't wait to have you back on the show. Will you tell everyone where they can find you online and, and what your website is? Definitely. Uh, you could just Google me and you'll all my social media platforms will pull up as Vegan Kings. I'm on uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, um, Pinterest. Uh, and you could just follow me and check me out. I have an ebook, a, a book out right now teaching you how to make your own mock meat from scratch, uh, volume one, beef edition. So um, I look forward to a lot of people inboxing me. I look forward to, you know, meeting people in this world and making a difference, you know, and don't be afraid. Like if you feel like you're here for a reason, just do it, you know, do it because you're saving lives. You know, let's do it all together. It doesn't take one person to do it. It takes a whole army. So don't be afraid to lead with others. You know, it's everybody's an entrepreneur, like everybody's an individual. But if we do it together, we could we can make a big difference. I agree with you 100%. And um, I'll put a link for your book on there also in the notes, just so everyone knows. And I'll put all, I'll put his Instagram and his website as well. And then a link for the book. Um, and then through there, you guys will be able to find his other social media platforms as well through the links I put on there. Um, but Abdul, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm looking forward to part two because we didn't even get into the whole entrepreneur side and, and the chef side and, and how you do your business because I think that's an important part. But what I liked about this is we set the foundation and the core values which actually matter to having successful business, to being a successful entrepreneur. And we spent a lot of time doing it. But I re this has been one of my favorite episodes in terms of diving into this stuff, talking about these these principles over personalities and, and talking about the way to better the world because very few people are as passionate as you and I are or have this God God instilled seed in us that we, if we don't keep growing it and we don't keep fertilizing and watering it, we will die. Like, that's my opinion. Like if I don't feed this thing, it will eat me from the inside out.
because I need to feed it. I need to go do the right thing because it's that means that much to me. Without it, I don't have purpose, you know, uh, in the same way. Like I believe in raising all humans and growing them, but there's it goes well beyond that now in food and in life and meeting guys like you um, and girls around the world who believe in these same missions. It's why I'm doing the TV show. It's why I'm spinning off so many podcasts. Like I literally have no time on my hands and I, I, I have a very structured schedule, but I'm literally pumping out sometimes recording six, seven episodes a day because I don't want to, I want to make sure while I have the time, while I have the attention, while I'm making impact on people, why I have the energy, why I have the discipline and I, my life is organized before something happens, I'm laying all this out. And if I do get sick or I do have to deal with an emergency, I can walk away from this for a couple of days or a couple of weeks and the information still is going out to the audience because it's all queued up and scheduled to go out because I don't want to stop making impact no matter what's going on in my life. And I think few people understand that, like, how do I make impact constantly, even if it's not me directly doing it anymore um, in that moment, but it's like stacking up. And I feel like the momentum comes in the stacking. And when we release it, it's just a benefit of the momentum. We already spun ourselves. It's like winding ourselves up that little circular on the back that used to see in toys, like spin my key until I'm wound up and then let me loose, but I'm stacking stuff up. And that's what I'm doing with you right now. I'm going to go kick ass today. I don't know about you, Abdul, but I'm so fucking pumped up after this call that I'm going to literally today, watch out world. I'm coming to to spread happiness and, and love through food in a way that whatever because I have someone that I know is my ally out there and and someone who believes in what I believe in and has the same principles I do and guess what it's belonging it's not trying to fit in I'm not trying to fit in but I found belonging with this individual Abdul uh, Rahim so oh yeah oh yeah man I uh, you know you belong here we belong here together and um I'm weird, bro. Like, that's what I say all the time to people. I'm weird. I'm the weirdo. I don't drink liquor. I'm vegan. You know, I believe in core values. So it's like, I'm weird. You know, I believe in respecting people. And um, a lot of people sometimes, you know, might say, well, something's wrong with you, man. Like, yeah. You're weird. Why wouldn't you take the guy's wallet? <laughs> and I'm like, I guess I'll be that weirdo. I'm the type of dude that, you know, I'm not going to wear everything that somebody's wearing. I'm going to be different. Like, I'm going to wear what I like, what I feel comfortable in. And and that's that, you know. So <laughs> you met another you, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink alcohol either, man. Not not <laughs> yeah. a long. I haven't had a drop in almost five years. And in, in my entire 30s, I maybe had 30 drinks the whole time. And even that, I was like, this is I can't deal with this. It's like a <laughs> poison. It's seriously like that's why I'm like, did Jesus create wine or did he turn wine into water? I think we know the answer on this one. I think we're just told something to dull our senses, but that's a whole other yeah. topic. So I feel the same way, man. I was like, uh, if you're gonna hurt your liver, drinking liquor dehydrates it. Why would you want to dehydrate your liquor? I mean, your, your liver. Like, I know. I don't know. Like, people's weird, but hey, you know, I don't judge. You know, me that's neither. one thing about me. I don't judge. If you drink, hey, you know, go yeah. ahead, enjoy, but yeah. just understand there's a consequences. Yeah. You know, there's consequences for everything. Every cause has an effect. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Abdul, I really, this was a great episode. I'm going to send you dates. We'll get you back on the show. Uh, Thank you again. I'll put all your links in the the notes. I want to keep talking for sure, but 
uh, I want the audience to have more for the next time. And just I want to leave you guys waiting a little bit because I have a feeling now that we've done this the first time, him and I are going to be ruminating and contemplating and scheming on how to make it better even next time. We'll probably go back and forth a bunch on text because I'm going to give him my phone number so we can text also. But just so the audience knows, a lot of the entrepreneurs that come on this show because they share the same principles, I connect them off the episode. And we are forming a group that's free for the entrepreneurs that are on this show. But they have to be on the show and they have to share the principles because that's just being on the show means you see that you need to give to the world. So, you know, there is that there are other people out there that don't want to be on the show that want to pay for it. I haven't thought about that yet, but I don't want to ruin the core values. So I feel like, Hey, I have this opportunity. I'm going to connect everyone. Why? Because the more of us out there that are listening to this, if you're listening to this, you're obviously having the principles that we're talking about. Okay, you believe in what we're doing. So what I'm saying is, this is the group, this is the group of food entrepreneurs that are going to make a difference. And there's more food entrepreneurs in the world than any other space. If all the food entrepreneurs came together in the world, we could form one political party so powerful, we could change governments across the world. I want everyone to think about that. Food entrepreneurs with the right principles, with the sustainable mindset or the regenerative mindset in diversity in our food so that our planet can regenerate itself naturally through the way we eat could move mountains and change our world. And there's enough of us in the world to move governments, really. So we have to feed, we feed the military. We feed the president. We feed a lot of people, guys. We feed a lot of people of influence. We feed a lot of people of not influence. But we have huge impact on the world. We employ a lot of people. We have a lot of dreams that are big enough to fit all the other dreams of everyone else in them. So I'm going to leave everyone with that because this is the episode to get everyone thinking about it. Like, who are my allies? Who are the people that share my principles that I can actually align my purpose with to make this world a better place for millenniums? You know, so thank you again, Abdul. I appreciate you. Thank you, audience. You can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts, and we're out.